Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Passion Project, the podcast about passionate people and the things that drive them. I'm your host, Taylor Reed. Welcome, welcome you guys to another episode of Passion Project. Like I said, welcome to the show. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, welcome back. We have been, you know, we've been missed this uh, last week. We've been missed the past two weeks, but we are glad to be back on schedule. Um, we uh, had a week off and we are back with episode 69 of Passion Project, you guys. So exciting. Uh, I do want to say if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. It's so great to have you guys here um, listening to the show. Uh, if you are tuning in for the first time, go ahead and follow us on social media, passionproject.pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun places, all of that in the show notes below, you guys. Also, if you would like, you can also follow me on Instagram is pretty much where I exclusively do all my social media, social mediaing, social mediaing. I don't know what the right terminology is, but um, you can follow me and my journey, my dog, my wife, my city, my, you know, not not too many uh, exciting things happening. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, you can also follow me and, and, and my journey in my in my day to day life as well the tay read all of that down below as well if you are listening to us on itunes uh leave us a star rating and a review we'd love to hear from you guys as well i hope you guys are uh, doing well in these october month times in these fall seasons i think i think we can fully say we're in full-fledged fall which is kind of crazy i mean my house has a lot of pumpkins in it we got a little stuffed turkey uh just you know getting all those fall decorations and activities drinking a lot of hot cider um, and cold cider i'm actually one of those weird people that don't doesn't mind cold cider um my wife thinks I'm a little bit crazy for it, but I don't really mind. It, it, it does taste like apple juice, but it's just like, it's so like refreshing and good. I don't know. You guys try it if you've never done it. It's actually really good. Uh, anyway, so I hope you guys are staying safe and doing well. Uh, can't, I, again, every week I do this, I'm like, I can't believe we're so close to the end of 2021. It's felt like this year has flown by. It's gone by so quickly. I have to do like seven syllables for, for flown. Um, <laughs> But I hope uh, you guys are gearing up for the holiday season and just getting ready. It's it's one of my favorite times of the year, truly. Uh, so I'm excited um, to show you guys um, all the guests we have lined up for the rest of the year and also um, spend uh, the holidays uh, you know, with you guys and have you guys listen to the show. This week on Passion Project... Wow, Passion Heads, you have such a wonderful guest coming back for episode 69, you guys. It's Abigail Castell. She wrote a wonderful book called Let It All Out, you guys. It's amazing. It's so much fun. I get to read the first seven chapters of the book before this episode, and I'm I'm continuing it um, still today as of recording this, and it, it's just wonderful. It's so great. It's all about living in your 20s and, and, and you know, kind of figuring it out um, while also... 
uh, talking about the workplace and um, learning how uh, a lot of things that kind of geared you up for adult life didn't really maybe didn't prepare you enough. Um, it's a conversation that needs to be had every day um, with young adults because it's something that isn't really truly talked about. And I'm, I'm excited to have Abby on the show. Guys, Abby and I go way back in college. Um, we, we met there and it, we, she's truly, truly, and I have said this to her and I, I will say it as many times, like truly one of my favorite people to talk to truly one of my favorite, uh, just, human beings to interact with on social media truly she's just such a gem a true light of a person so when I found out she was writing this book I reached out to her and we had so much fun recording this episode I hope it shows in the recording um yeah again we talk about her upbringing and how kind of all of that as a youngest sibling kind of influences what she's doing uh now and how she's uh written this book and it's so exciting you guys it's 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 on amazon you guys can go and order it now it's out now um the link's gonna be in the show notes as well you guys can please please go support her she's self-published uh and i would love to see uh so many people read this book and support her so without further ado i really should stop rambling and talking about how much I love her, and I uh, am going to go ahead and start the episode. So without further ado, here is episode 69 with Abigail Castell on Passion Project. That sounds good. We're going to talk all about you know, you and your life. I, I, it's funny. Uh, I've had so many people on the show that I met in college. It's, it really should be called like friends from college <laughs> 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 or like friends from Richmond, because that's where I grew up. Like it's either, like, it's like one of those two. It's like, just pick one and you'll probably see. <laughs> um, when I have someone on from college, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, because when you meet friends in college, you're not like, tell me your whole life story. Like, tell me your whole background. It's just mm-hmm. like, you just like live life while you're there. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always like, whenever I have someone on from college, I'm like, oh yeah, I do. I know uh, we, like we were friends and we hung out all the time, but like, I don't think I know really anything about like, yeah. upbringing and everything. But um, first of all, welcome to the show, Abigail. I, you know, you. for so long, I, I called you, I, I call you Abby. And I'm like, I guess that's, you know, I introduce guests with, you know, their first and last name. But then I'm like, oh, it's just Abby. Like, that's it's just it me. No, it's we're cash. Me. Yeah, we're cash here. <laughs> we're drinking coffee. We're... <laughs> Um, but yes, Abigail Castell. So am I saying that right? Even? I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh knew me God. as Abigail Delahose. Don't yes. ever forget my maiden name because it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> and it's like my biggest fear that people forget it. Love my husband, but also Abigail Delahose for life. How, how much when you got married, you were like, did you seriously consider keeping your maiden name uh, I did think about it because I only have sisters and my dad only has sisters oh, so <laughs> there's no yeah so it just kind of dies with us which yeah. is so sad um so I did I actually uh never got a middle name like my parents didn't give me a middle name so I just made Delahoe's my middle name is that a cultural thing or no literally my mom was like I just was too tired to think of one 
So she just didn't give me one. <laughs> I, again, I feel like that's going to totally be you when you have a child. Like, you'll be like, oh, Greg, whatever. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's just too much. I don't have the time. I've wow. already have to think of one name. So now two, like, come on. That's yeah. Honestly, middle names are just weird, aren't they? Like, they are a little weird. Like, why are they? It's kind of like cousins. Like, I have, <laughs> I, I have this thing with cousins where I'm like, I obviously I love my cousins, but it's like they're family, but also not. But like, you see them every once in a while, but then you're expected to know like everything about them. And by right. Some, and it's like, uh, okay, but I don't see like my cousin just got engaged. And I'm like, that's so wonderful, but I've never met his fiance or his like anything and I'm like yeah really great but I don't know <laughs> and it's like your family but then you hang out and you're like I love you yeah this is awkward yeah, yeah. like what like you for you know what I mean? seven years but <laughs> <laughs> you look the same but also not <laughs> <laughs> it's such a strange thing and whenever I say I've had my cousins on the show and I'm always like isn't it weird and they're like I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Well, of course, we'll talk about so so many exciting things coming coming up. I mean, you know, you have this amazing book. I was able to um, get an advanced copy of it, um, which was very exciting. I've, I've read like six chapters. I didn't get through the whole thing. But, you know, I, I just want to say this up front, Abby, is that like I so appreciate you having short chapters and like every chapter is so short and I'm like this is my speed this is how I work like <laughs> I wish every book was like this like I can finish this in like two days like <laughs> yeah oh my gosh and I feel like I didn't even really intentionally do that but mm -hmm. it's just because I cannot tell you how many books I've started and not finished yeah. like way too many yeah. and so I'm like oh wow like I was I'm like looking through the book and I'm like oh these are really short I'm like I hope people don't mind that but mm -hmm. it just kind of gets it across it was almost like yeah. a journal entry yeah That's yeah kind of how sure. I thought of it for sure um well we're gonna talk all about that and then I'd love to even talk about what you're doing now because I feel like that's so exciting um just seeing <laughs> like you know, from the outside looking in of what you're doing, it's fun to, I mean, social media has so many downsides, but the uh, one upside is that you can see what your friends are doing and you're so excited for them. So, oh, it's so true. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to talk all about that. But like I was saying, like, um, I, I love talking about where people come from on the show and because so much of our adult experience is shaped by like the environment we were raised in, the people we were like forced to be with and like and love, you know, like sometimes. But um, tell me all about that. Like I know a little bit, but um, like where did you grow up? Like all these things, like tell me about all of your background. Yeah, so I grew up um, in New Jersey, North Jersey. So like right across the George Washington bridge. Um, so I was there like born there and stayed there through like through college. And then my parents decided to move to Virginia. My sisters are still there. Um, but I'm the youngest of three girls. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not the youngest oh. of three girls, but I'm the youngest. <laughs> but you're the youngest. 
you know what's funny? Speaking of the youngest, is I didn't realize how many friends of mine are also the youngest. Yes. And I'm like, do we just find each other? Because Greg is the youngest. Literally, the, if there's a theme of this podcast, is that every time there's youngest, I'm like, we have a kinship. Like we understand <laughs> each other. Like all the. I don't know what it is, but yeah. <laughs> I just love it so much. So yes, I'm the youngest. Um, and. Like, I, I love my family, you know, but we all have our own dysfunctions and whatnot. <laughs> and I think that looking back, um, I feel like I've been able to process so much more of my childhood in the last few years. Um, well, if COVID's think- like taught us anything, it's like, just like, here's some, you know, <laughs> here's some, you know, you got to think about your, your life a little bit. Cause you're, what else are you going to do? Oh, literally. It's like, here's your trauma on a silver platter and you better eat it or you'll die. Like yeah. truly, that's what it felt like. So I think looking back, like I, I've always been a big feeler just always. Um, I have so many memories as a child, like feeling so deeply, but not knowing what that was, what that meant, like not knowing what to do with that because I didn't even know what emotions were. Um, and like no one in my family like feels the way that I do. And so um, I got a lot of like Abby's really sensitive and like Abby's a drama queen and stuff. And that bothered me a lot. But I feel like now I look back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like that really did bother me because it, it sometimes it felt like I didn't really always have the freedom to just like feel what I was feeling. Mm. Um, do you equate and also- it all to being a youngest sibling? Man, I really, I don't know. I think it could be, but also this is like sort of going into more about who I am. So um, I'm first generation American. My parents were born in Dominican Republic. Um, So then, but then like they met here and got married and then had us. And I think there was also, you know, whereas for some, for friends of mine, there's, you know, that generational gap between Mm -hmm. parents. But I think like for us, it was not just a generational gap, but also in a way like a cultural gap, like, Mm -hmm. but like with my own parents, because we just grew up differently. Um, So I think that there was also like that element of it. I feel like with uh, Caribbean culture, being able to embrace and process your emotions and feelings. Like they just don't really know how to do that well. Um, but I'm like, but I was born here. So help me. <laughs> so it, just, well, it, it was really like A lot of Americans don't know how to do that either. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I'm not alone. Um, but yeah, I think that like, um, I didn't realize how sad I was a lot growing up. Like, and I just felt very misunderstood. I know that sounds very like teen angsty, but, um, I just was like, I don't know, like people, I feel like no one gets that. I just am a feeler. And, um, sometimes I cry for no reason. And I don't really know why, um, fast forward to last year when I was diagnosed with depression and I'm like, God, I got it. Got it. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) No, literally. So I went to therapy and, um, that was my first time, like really going into that with a licensed professional uh, therapist and everything, and just telling her about my childhood and having like very distinct memories of like crying in the closet for like, no, I didn't, I don't know why. And then I just would like wipe my tears and come out and act like nothing happened. Um, Because when you're six, like, you don't know what the word anxiety is. You don't know what the word depression is. And then 
if you're in a family unit where like, they don't really understand that either, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no one to really help you process that. And so you just kind of go through life thinking that I have to carry this immense sadness always. And that's just my personality, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but Thank goodness that but then it's your fault, right? Like it's all like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the thing is like, and I don't blame my family at all. Um, Cause I think that I'm, I'm learning, like they did the best they could with the information that they had. Right. Um, so I don't, it's not this thing like where my family was worse. Like I love them and we, we have a good relationship. Um, but it really was like walking into adulthood and being like, man, like I didn't, I didn't realize how depressed I really was for a lot of my childhood, but I didn't know what to do with it. Cause I didn't know what it was. Um, mm-hmm. so now like going through therapy, um, being given medication and like how much that has changed mm-hmm. me in like the best possible way. I mean, my husband, Greg, like he's known me now we've been together for seven years, but he's known me for eight Mm-hmm. And he said, in the entire time I've known you, like, this is the best and healthiest I've ever seen you. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like if I had just known that mm-hmm. a little sooner, yeah, maybe, maybe like teen years wouldn't have been so hard, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a product of not only like what you were saying, like your family's cultural background, but also like. I'm sure some of the conservative environments you maybe grew up in, like that I also grew up in, but also Mm -hmm. um, just the time of like the nineties, like it was such a different, the, the, I mean, we've talked about it on this show so many times of how the, the, the conversation around mental health in the nineties was so different from what it is today. And it's just like, it, it, it almost, it was just like sweep it under the rug. Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, or just read your Bible and like, you'll be good kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. I've been reading scripture nonstop for like three years. Now what? I can only read John three sixteen so many times. <laughs> <laughs> like I get it. God does love the world, but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but also like, I need help. Yeah. Please help me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm wondering too, and not that we're going to turn this into a therapy session, but you know, I'm open to it, but, um, (laughs) if I'm wondering, like, do you look back on those times where you were sad and it was just like for no reason, or was there situations going on or like, you really were just like, you couldn't really explain it. Um, you were just kind of, yeah, for no reason. Yeah. There were definitely times that it was for no reason. Like I, I didn't know, but then another part of it was, um, growing up where I did for some reason, it was really hard for me to make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my one like best friend who's like still my best friend now. She's my maid of honor. Her name's Rachel and she's incredible. Um, but as far as like, <laughs> I do reference her Rachel Rowland. Um, yeah, she's, she's my girl forever. But, um, but as far as having like several friends, um, it just was really difficult for me to make friends. And it's so interesting because, um, people always made me out to like, they made me feel like I was a weird person. Like that person in like the movies who sits by themselves at the lunch table and everyone thinks they're a loser. Like that, that's really how they made me feel. And I would go home and be like, I know that I'm not that person, but like, why do they make me feel that way? And so literally it wasn't until I went to college 
And it was so easy for me to make friends. And I was like, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, wait, as soon as people want to be my like, friend. Wait, that's not Abby. That's not. <laughs> no, I know. I'm like, wait, why did they make me feel like I was so weird my whole life? And then I go to college and I made so many friends so easily. Yeah. And I'm like. And mm, arguably it's hard fishy. to make friends in college, right? Like, like to a From certain- what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is, e- well, I don't know the school we went to, it's almost like forced like community. Yeah. <laughs> like, every second <laughs> so of the true. day, they're like, you need to meet people. And we're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I think like parts of that, it, I think it was just helpful in getting me used to like introducing myself right, and right. stuff like that. But I think also it was so nice going into this clean slate environment of like, nobody knows like who I was before this, like nobody so far from where you grew up too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and I didn't really like know anyone there. So I think I was like, wow, like I, I also went to a really, really small Christian school, uh, for high school. Like my graduating class had like 35 people. Hmm. Um, so I mean, I was whereas like, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you get it. But, um, yeah, I think I, I struggled with it a lot because, um, I couldn't really be my authentic self. Hmm. I, I felt like that for so long, but the problem is that if you don't just try to pretend like you won't survive high school. Like I'm like, there's no, there's no, there's yeah. no one to choose from. There's not enough people here. Yeah. And well, so and because our brains aren't fully developed, I mean, you know, for men, it's like 35, but um, for w- when you're, you know, supposedly 25 is when you're fully developed, but um, in high school, it's almost, you just like, don't know, like, you're just like kind of treading a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And so I made a promise to myself before I went to college that I was like I'm going to be authentically myself as much as I know how because I think I I really lost touch with it because I was just trying to like I was just pretending for so long because I'm like I just don't even know who I am anymore because I'm just trying to survive in this environment. Um but I was like I'm going to go to college, I'm going to be myself. And the good thing is that there's so many people here that if I get plugged into a group and I'm not really vibing with them, then I'll just find another group and I'll try to be with them. Um, So, I I mean, I'm so thankful that like it didn't really take that long to get plugged in um, and to meet people. And I'm just it was just a very different experience for me. So I think that going back to your original question, like, yeah, I definitely had moments of being depressed for no reason. But I think a big part of it was like, I didn't have those kinds of friendships and comfortability growing up that I think are like pretty core for, for someone. Right. Uh, I do want to stay too. like, it's like if inside out taught us nothing, it's that it's okay to be sad whenever you want. Like it it is okay to be sad for no reason. Yeah. Um, but that movie changed my reason, life. I know. No, I literally cry every time I watch it. Every time, every yeah. single time. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, Disney Plus, you know, whatever. Plug. Um, <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm interested too, like how much of it growing up was like, because I've heard, I've had some other people on the show talk about this, about how like your family unit where your, your parents were, grew up in a different country. And then, but you're also experiencing like school life and you were born here. 
like all of that um, experiencing America, like as an American, as one thing, and maybe home was maybe a different culture. Like, was that even a part of it too? Of like, oh, like my home life and my school life or my friend life is different than like my school and like they're two different things. Yes. Um, <laughs> to short, short answer is yes. Um, and I think like, interestingly enough, like, you know how sometimes people have a complicated relationship with their hometown or like where they grew right. up. Mm-hmm. I think that over time I started to see that in my parents mm-hmm. with like Dominican Republic. And I feel like, like how sometimes you can sort of resent your hometown and you're like, right. I'm never going back. I feel like they really, I saw that process like mm-hmm. growing up of them going through that and like them kind of wanting to be more Americanized. But the thing is that like, you know, you can try to be whatever you want, but at the end of the day, you still grew up a certain way and yeah. how you grew up is going to affect you now. Yeah. So I feel like I just watched, like I, I watched so many processes of like them, like going through things of being like, okay, this is how we grew up. This is the culture that we have. Now we have kids that were born in America. We need to try to figure out how to work through this here. Mm-hmm. We still have core values from our childhood, but also those core values kind of affected us in a negative way. Mm-hmm. What do we want to pass on to our kids? And I'm like, yeah. y'all are messy. <laughs> like you need to just get it together. Go so to therapy. Is that a conscious thing of like, or is it looking back? You're like, oh, that's what happened. It's or- looking back for okay. sure. Yeah, 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 For sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny too, because um, I'm even thinking about that now because even my wife and I, to a certain extent, like there are things that we either just, are growing and evolving and changing from a lot of things we grew up with that we either don't agree with anymore or we don't Mm -hmm. like you know even just like politically like we're like oh wait (laughs) maybe maybe one (laughs) there's a lot of like things we're still learning and we're like oh maybe one way it doesn't have to always be this like one thing it's not like black or white on some things um and yeah it's definitely messy but I feel like it once you have kids, it's like, oh yeah, what should we do? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But again, they did the best they could. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to have yeah, grace yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, that's all you can do. And, and real, you know, as, as we get older, it's like realizing that like, oh yeah, your, your parents are humans. Like they're, they're just doing like the best they can. And with the circumstances they were given, like we, we live our day-to-day life um just doing the best we can I mean that's all we're as adults like yeah we're just we're all sure. just tiny children in adult bodies trying to figure <laughs> <it out. laughs> ouch that hurts but it's true <laughs> and we can stop it here no I'm just kidding um <laughs> well I, I yeah I'm fascinated too because I mean being the young I, I feel like the youngest siblings have the most fun um I hope you agree <laughs> Um, I definitely had more freedom I feel like than my than my oldest siblings but I think a part of it is because um I just I took notes on like Mm. what they got in trouble for and I was like don't do that yeah I always I always say and I've said this before like it wasn't sometimes it wasn't even conscious notes it was just like oh like even looking back it was like oh unconsciously I probably didn't I just did this I didn't do this thing or I did this thing or this is yeah for sure especially because I had I had a brother and so it was like oh how did he interact with girls or how did he not or like mm. what did he do that I didn't want to do or like stuff like that where I'm like oh yeah like I probably did this one way or another but yeah 
Yeah. I definitely feel for oldest siblings though, because they just like don't really have anything to go off of. Um, so I think that us young youngest ones, we definitely were like, okay, I can kind of just see you crash and burn and then <laughs> and then adjust and correct. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because your dynamic is that it's it's only girls. So I'm sure that was a uh I mean you don't know anything else, but I'm sure that was a yeah. fun like interesting way to interact because there's uh, often there's a lot of like feelings and emotions happening and there's a lot of like changes happening especially in high school and and middle school so I'm sure all of that wrapped I'm sure your dad had fun with that (laughs) (laughs) oh Ramon (laughs) I'm like you literally have a wife and three daughters and you like still have trouble communicating with women like get it together man (laughs) I'm like come on (laughs) That's amazing. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure even once you got married, you were like, what is this life with a man? Like, I, what is this? Oh my gosh, it's so funny because I'm the youngest of three girls and Greg's the youngest of three boys. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. I did not and- know he was the youngest. Wow. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. And like, funnily enough, our the way that our sibling like ages, it's like almost lined up exactly. Wow too so yeah it's just like very weird um but I think that I thankfully because we dated for a long time before we got married I mean by the time we got married we were together for four years and some change um so the transition to marriage and being like I am now living my life with a male and I don't know what to do with that um it wasn't as severe as I expected I really thought it was going to be harder um but it wasn't like nothing really surprised me that yeah. much. Um, so I'm thankful. I, I don't know. I highly recommend dating for a little longer, like just so you can go through a lot of different seasons together and then maybe yeah. it won't be such a shock. Yeah. Your husband's also like one of the best people. I've oh, he's truly angelic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, even just that friend's birthday, he took you on, you know, recently I was like, Oh, for my golden birthday. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like it's like legend. Like, can anyone else live up to that? Probably not. <laughs> no, I I've got my work cut out for me now for yeah. his birthdays. I'm like, just the whole thing. I'm like, I can't even. That's I'm like that stuff doesn't happen to me. That's like in movies. I thought he did it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Your life is being filmed before you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the main character that whole week. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I, I mean, what else for your golden birthday? That's amazing. Yeah, the best. My wife's was she just recently celebrated her birthday on the seventh. And so she didn't know about golden birthday. She was like, What are you talking about? And and but and she was like, Mine, I was seven. I didn't know about it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not my problem. Sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, whoops. Mine's 29, so I got time. Oh, oh my gosh, go big. I know, because it's like right before 30 too. So I'm like... So you'll have two big birthdays in a row. I know, it'll be wonderful. That's amazing. You'll be invited. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, love it. Well, I'm interested. What I love about this book um, so much is that it's everything that I've also been thinking about as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what the age am I doing <laughs> like actually and, what is yeah. happening um but I feel like it's you know I love talking about their beginnings but also too like 
this book really encapsulates like I feel like your whole experience from like figuring out what you want to do um, for your personal journey but also everyone it's so like it's specific to you but it's also like so um, universal of like you know every transitioning adult who if they go to college if they don't you know they're like we're all just like trying to figure it out we're like what are we doing and also like we're all um I don't know what the right word is but I don't know you you know what I'm you know what I'm you know processing yeah for sure yeah (laughs) um but I want to I want you to like explain what the book is and what it is about but also like yeah we'll go on from there yeah so The book is called Let It All Out, um, subtitle, Honest Thoughts on the Life of a 20-something. I didn't just like wake up one day and was like, I'm going to write a book. (laughs) Like that's not (laughs) how it happened at all. Um, I really, I really was just like. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I think like, I, I was just in the thick of it. Like Hmm. I was not doing okay. Emotionally. I wasn't handling post-grad life. Well, um, I had gotten out of like a really, really crappy job experience, like just the worst. Um, and honestly, like more than the worst, I feel like. (laughs) Oh, and interestingly enough, like there's more, there's more that I could have written about a job after that, that was actually even worse. Oh, wow. So, and I, I, that didn't even make the book because by the time I was like wrapping up this project, I still hadn't emotionally processed what had happened to me. And I was like, I can't write about this. I'm like, not okay. Um, but all that to say, like, I, the sequel, I just, was, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think like one, one day I just, I had so many feelings and I was like, I have to get this out somehow. Like I'm not a musician. So I can't just like write songs or whatever. And like, I'm like, I don't really know like what to do, but so I just grabbed a pen and a notebook and I just started writing and I'm like, I just, I'm like, I just feel so lost. And, and then I just kept writing and I just kept going back and kept adding more. And then I had enough where I was like, I was like, LOL, what if I made this a book? (laughs) (laughs) It's like more than a Twitter thread. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, like that's how it started. So basically this whole book was just like, it really started as almost like a journal for myself of like processing these really weird things I was going through, these weird feelings that um, I didn't know what to do with, things that I felt really unprepared for in adulthood and post-grad life. Um, And so this was just like a culmination of those thoughts. And I'm like, I hope that when other people read this, that yeah, like the beginning part is more tailored to like my own experience, but as the chapters go on, it does become more general. And I almost start speaking to people in like that also had a hard time, but were in a completely different situation than me and like kind of writing to them and being like, I want to acknowledge your situation, even though it's nothing like mine, but I see you going through it too. Um, and so that's just what I wanted this to be like it. And for a while, like I didn't really know if I would put it out because I'm like, 
aren't books like supposed to have the answers? Like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing still, mm. <laughs> but I realized I'm like, that wasn't really the purpose of why I was writing this. Like, yeah. I'm like, I really wrote this a for myself to just like process things on my own. But also I really wanted it to feel like when you're sitting with a friend and they're just like, they just look at you and they're like, me too. Mm. Like that's, that's what I wanted it to feel like. So that's just kind of what, what the whole concept is. Mm. I'm wondering too, because to even backtrack a little of like we, when we were in college, like I, if I'm not mistaken, we, you studied psychology um, with me, right? Like you, that's what you, Oh yeah. You were the single reason why I did not drop psychology as a major. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, truly you, you were my favorite, my favorite psych. We had so much fun. I I think I definitely remember abnormal psych. Like, didn't we take that together? LOL. What even was that class? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but here yeah, I'm gonna tell this funny story I don't know if I've said it on the show before but day one of that class the professor do you remember it was like this like older military guy not older but like military guy oh yeah yeah um, yeah yeah and <laughs> and he legitimately day one was like if you don't get a master's degree in this field you better marry someone rich and my friend turned over to me. I don't think it was you, but it may have been you. And and they were like, oh, your girlfriend's going to be a doctor. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. My wife is going to be a doctor. But <laughs> wait, but also the funniest thing about that, too, is that when he said that I was in my senior year. I'm yeah. like, why didn't anyone say this three years ago? <laughs> it's like, it's too late. Oh my now. gosh, that is so true. I didn't even think of that. Wow. I wow. was like, this is a 400 level class. Mm-hmm. How are they just saying this yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> like three people are like, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> like, <laughs> get up out of the class. Like, whoop. <laughs> oh gosh, oh that class. Um, I mean, yeah. Oh my goodness. But I'm wondering too, like, how much of these feelings did you have while you were in school? Because sometimes, especially, you know, the school that we went to, but, you know, a lot of universities, you are in such a bubble that you're just kind of learn. You're just so much taking so much in, in your brain that you really can't. And like you said, they don't really prepare you for what's to come afterwards anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering though, like how much of that was influenced even before, or was it just solely like after you had these work experiences and, and you were like, Oh, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. It really, I didn't really have any of these feelings while I was in college. And I think like, I really, really enjoyed my college time. Um, I, yeah, I, I really, I think about it uh, kind of way too often (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I'm like, I have, I have a Lynchburg playlist that I listen to. Um, Does it have the song the 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 guy? Wow, there's this song and he's like, "Let's go back to Lynchburg" or something. I don't know. But, oh wait, is it Cole Loomis or um, Jeff Carl? I don't know. Oh my gosh, I'll find I it. How, so I love how you were like you had it on speed <laughs> dial. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, really, it's because I think I I still have such a like healthy relationship with my college experience and even like the town because I left while I kind of still wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's been like just super helpful because I didn't get to the point of like, Oh my gosh, I need to get out of here. And then you start to resent it. Mm -hmm. I left while I was like, I think I could stay another year. And I'm like, that means it's a good time to go. So 
Yeah. It's just very healthy, but yeah, but I didn't have those feelings while in college. It really wasn't until after, um, I mean, I did, I did my master's, I did a year residential and then I finished up online. Um, like while I was trying to like find work and working here in, in Georgia. So backtrack, like I moved from Lynchburg to, to Georgia, um, just after I finished my undergrad. And I think that was why it was so overwhelming because it was like, I didn't really have any of these like thoughts or feelings like beforehand. And now suddenly everything is just rushing to me. And I genuinely, like, I don't have the capacity to hold this all in my body. And it just felt like, it felt like I was drowning really like, and that's why I needed to just write because I'm like, I feel sick that all of this is just sitting in me. Um, and it just was a lot to like, to think about, and I'm still trying to make sense of it. And it was just, yeah, it was a lot. Well, there's no like transition period, right? Like college is supposed to be like this time where, where it, it's almost like, you know, quote unquote adults expect college to be the transition period. But <laughs> then yeah. it's like, but then you get there and it's like, oh, uh, wait, what? <laughs> and, oh my gosh, I know. Yeah. And what's hilarious too is thinking about how like, <laughs> how like just now I'm like, have enough experience to apply to entry-level jobs yeah (laughs) I know I remember applying to to so many jobs that was like you have to have either this degree or one year experience and it's like wait but how do I get the experience like (laughs) I don't understand I can't even get into that right now it's just very whatever (laughs) (laughs) well we've talked about it a little bit but I want to get your um you know, perspective on it of like how, cause you kind of talk about it a little bit in the book too, of how crazy it is that people spend so much money on a degree and then they get out and they're like, well, what do I really want to do? Like how, I, I'm just wondering your thoughts on like the system as a whole. It's, it's interesting because you, you had such a great experience in college, but also too, I wonder if you weigh these two things of like, well, like spending all this money and having all this debt too of like I spent all this money on this degree but then also to like do I really know what I want to do I don't know if all this makes sense but the whole system as a whole is kind of crazy to like know like 17 for 17 year olds to expect to know what they want to do and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and then come out of yeah. it like, oh yeah we're all perfect perfect adults knowing now we all know what we want to do (laughs) for sure and this is like what I'm saying is just like please recognize that I am not an expert this is just how I feel and like how I maybe wish that it would have been handled is like I wish that between my like junior and senior year of high school that there would have been more guidance on here here is what like the possibilities that that college can bring you, um, there are certain degrees that if you choose that, like it's going to be hard to find a job or yeah. you're the, a bachelor's in that major is like worthless without a master's, you know, like certain things that I wish would have been talked about more because then I maybe would have been a little more strategic about the direction that I would have chosen. Um, because I feel like you can't expect like 17 year olds yeah. to just like try to decide this. Um, yeah. And then another part of that was like my, my sister, one of my sisters, um, she's the first person in our entire family, immediate and extended to graduate with a college degree. And I'm the second. 
And I'm the, the only one who has a master's in my whole family. And so even then, like, because my parents didn't ever go through that right. experience either, or like anyone really in our family, that guidance wasn't there much for me either. So then I just kind of got like thrust into this college world and everyone's like, yeah, like you graduate high school, you go to college, like you get your degree, you get a job. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I you did work all the that job till you die. And then you die. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. like, okay. Um, so I did all the things, but I'm like, but no one like th- this, this is more what I had trouble with. I was like, not a single person told me what, like that, that the possibility of like applying to 200, 300 jobs and like not hearing back or just getting rejected. Like nobody told me that that was even a possibility. Mm. So I think it was more, it was such a shock to me. Like I was like, Oh, I'm confused. Um, because everyone just told me this was the path that, that you had to do. And I'm like, and now I have all this debt and I don't, have the money to like pay this back mm. and no one wants me <laughs> like so what do I do mm. um and I think it was more like I'm not saying that there was necessarily like this is like a specific sentence that I said in the book it was like maybe I had the wrong expectations or maybe I had the right expectations based on the information that I was given yeah um and I just I wish that it could have been more like you know, I think every, everyone always said these stories, like in convo stuff of like, you can do anything. And like, you're going to go out there and change the world champs for Christ. It's like all this stuff. And I'm like, wait, but like, what if no one wants to hire me? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it just, no one, no one talked about that. And mm. so I really went through the season of like, I've actually been rejected 400 plus times. Right. Right. And like, I don't think that we're we're meant to like deal with that kind of rejection when you weren't even expecting it. Mm. Like, I'm like, so if even one person had said like, Hey, after you graduate, it might actually be a lot harder to find a job than you think. Yeah. So have, have a couple backup plans. And also like, this is normal. So don't beat yourself up about it, Mm. but it's more like, Hey, you got that degree. And like, now you're going to go out and like, whatever, and do all the things And it was like, I was ready and my, you know, my hands were open to give whatever, but at the same time, someone has to accept you and no one was accepting me. So, yeah, there's also an aspect to like, okay, if everyone's going at it at the same pace and the same tenacity, it's like, you have 10 people, you being one of them of like, that can probably have the same degree and have the same thing. And it's not like, not all of you can get the same, the job, like, unfortunately, some of you can't get the job and so and that's just reality unfortunately Um, yeah which for sure and even getting like internships were Mm -hmm. were hard yeah then and I'm like this aren't we working for free like (laughs) I'm so confused (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah yeah no I totally get that (laughs) I'm wondering too how much you think about Um, how much of it is like a product of the time that we grew up in as high school and college age, like, like being millennials, like we're both millennials. Um, Mm -hmm. But also with technology and all these things, like how, how different I wonder if you ever think about it, like how different it would be if you grew up in like the 70s or 80s or, or even like now, like even because it's so different now, even how it was when we 
when we started. Um, I don't know. I'm just wondering if you uh, you thought about that at all while you're writing or if you even think about it now. Yeah, I don't know. I think like it's what's so interesting to me is that at like at this point, any job I've ever gotten has not been through a formal application Mm -hmm. on like a job site. It's it's been through connecting with someone Mm -hmm. Um, again, like didn't you know, didn't super know that. I mean, they always talked about, you know, networking and stuff, um, but well, it's such a vague term, right? It's like, what? it is, it is a very big term. Um, but yeah, I think that like, it's, I, the, and the thing about networking just for a second is like, once you realize that that is like the key, it, at first I had a, such a hard time with that because I felt like I couldn't authentically meet people anymore mm-hmm. because I had to be like, hi, I'm Abby. I'm looking for a job in this field, even if we're at like a church event. And I'm like, it just, it, it always feels like you're hoping to connect with someone for this thing. And I was just like, I just don't like how this feels. Like, I don't want, I don't want to just, it feels like, like you're using people, you know, and, um, and not saying that that's the case, but it's just, it felt very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, inauthentic, but fake, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like, um, very like mechanic, I guess. Like it just, that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, robotic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I don't know. I think that, um, something that's changing now even is like, like my full-time job is I work for a podcast, you know, and like my parents, I think they still don't really understand what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's just crazy thinking about like how much has changed from them to now is like there's Gen Z, they're gonna have jobs in 10 years that don't even exist right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that I feel like apps created that do not exist. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm think it's like I, I felt like we kept for a while, I think we were the generation that really like shifted things where it's like, no, you don't have to go to school just to be a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Like you know, or or like, or own your own business or whatever, like in a more, or, or corporate America or whatever. It's just like, there's so many different things that you can do. And like, people may think that that's not a real job, but you're grinding and you're making the money. And like, you don't have to go through this traditional path anymore. And I think what's so different now is that's starting to become more normalized. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we were in high school, I think it was like just starting to make the shift because didn't Instagram start in like 2010 or 2011? That's when we were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just think like that, that's such a big part of it too. Like the job market has drastically changed and we have to start thinking about that as we're moving forward. Like with our kids, like I want to be really sensitive to that and not think like the kind of jobs that you have are only the ones that I knew about. Like, no, the world is changing. And like, also if you don't want to go to college, then don't like, if you have another plan, like have a plan, I'm not going to let you sleep on the couch. I can support (laughs) you. But like, you know what I mean? But like, if you have something that you want to like go for, like Mm. do that. You don't have to go this path. This is not the only way. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, I was reading your book and I have a spot that I wanted to read, but I need to find it. So give me. Oh, you're good. Um, okay. You said, however, I am, I'm also an advocate for removing yourself from, oh wait, I started in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> LOL. <laughs> I'm like reading it like, oh, wait, this is the wrong place. Um, you say here, uh, certain circumstances are 100% worth fighting through. I am an advocate for persevering through hard ships because they can build character and strength however i am also an advocate for removing yourself from circumstances that create distractions to your advancement as an individual a friend a spouse and a believer here's my question abby <laughs> um how do you how do you know the difference how do you like distinctively like like oh i want to you know be in a position where I want to go through hardship and build character, but also like maybe this environment isn't great for me. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, no, I get your question. So I think that just from what I've learned from my own experience, there are situations that are challenging. There's work that's challenging, but at the end of the day, is it making you better Hmm. or is it making you worse? And so that situation that I shared about vaguely in the book, um, I chose to leave because I was truly the absolute worst version of myself that I'd ever seen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had been through experiences before that were challenging and you push through it because you're like, I know that on the other side of this, like I can already feel my character getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that this is, chiseling me in like a really good way, even though this is a challenge. Hmm. Um, I see such healthy and good growth coming through this, but when it's like, when it's so debilitating that you literally start to feel days before you have to go back into the situation, you're already anxious about it like three days in advance mm-hmm. or the way you start treating the people around you. Um, is that, is that starting to change mm-hmm. or yeah. is it starting to affect your daily function? Like, is it making you a less loving and gracious person? Mm-hmm. And I started seeing that in myself and it was getting really bad. And also when I was in that situation, I was months away from getting married mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to start a marriage like this. Yeah. And so I think also like having people around you that really deeply know you is so important because they can see things that you can't sometimes. And if they're like this situation, like I see you just like crumbling mm-hmm. and in, in just the worst possible way. And I'm so glad that Greg walked through that with me. Um, because he gave me this like freedom of like, you don't have to, you don't have to stick this out. Like this isn't the way that it's changing you is in a way that like, I know this isn't who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, the difference when like, yes, we can change and grow, but I think we change and grow into a better, more authentic, stronger version of ourselves. But when you're in a situation that like, I feel like it's time to get out when now who you are is becoming out of character. Hmm. And it's almost like you start to lose, you start to lose your sense of self, really. And it almost becomes like you wake up every day, like, what am I even doing anymore? Like, why am I here? Um, 
And that's just not, it's not worth what it can do to your relationships. It's not worth what it can do to yourself. Mm. Um, it's not worth what, if you're a believer, like it's not worth what it can do with your relationship with Christ. I can't tell you how many screaming matches I had with the Lord in that time. I was just so angry and anxious and stressed and all these things. I'm like, this isn't who I am. Like, this is not the kind of person that I am. And so I I had to leave it behind. And um, that was stressful for me because I'm someone who always has a plan. And I left that without having one. Mm. Um, And I spent a long time talking myself out of it. Like I tried to convince myself that it wasn't that bad. Um, But I think ultimately, like I wasn't really trusting the Lord and he'd given me so many like opportunities to exit but I wasn't trusting him. I I was too worried about like what could happen after, Mm. but then it hits a point where you're like, I don't, I don't like this version of me. I don't want to continue in in this. So it's interesting how some, it often takes like someone outside of yourself to say like, Hey, maybe, maybe this, maybe this place or this job or this relationship or this whatever, Maybe this isn't, you know, maybe you, like you're saying, like, maybe you aren't the best person, the best version of yourself while you're there, while yeah. you're with this thing, while you're with this. And, and um, it definitely takes, uh, you know, ourselves to make this the final decision of like, yeah, I'm going to leave this, but um, it's, it's wonderful how we do have others in our lives to, to advocate for us when even we can't advocate for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm wondering too, like, besides this book and maybe like we were just saying, like other relationships, like are there other things that maybe got you through that time um, that you look back on or or maybe still use? Like Uh, tools or, I don't know, coping mechanisms or. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, one of the big ones was like literally that book, like, right. Like writing. So I think just like having a way to get out my feelings. Um, but I think at first I wasn't really too open about the whole situation with, uh, friends because a it's, it's, it was kind of painful to like talk about. Um, and sometimes you don't, you don't know if like, if other people will understand or like not even understand, but just like, you don't want to necessarily feel like a Debbie Downer mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I think what was helpful is when I just finally was like, this is eating me alive. And I just like need a few safe friends that I can talk to about this and like ask them to pray for me. And I think when I started being a little more open about it, I started to hear what they were going through. Mm-hmm. And that established this kind of like this even deeper element of friendship where I'm like, we're both really going through stuff right now. And I'm so glad that we don't have to go at it alone. Mm. Um, and that's, that's kind of where that concept of like the holding your hand and saying like me too, friend, like that's kind of where that came from because, um, I, I had to start talking about it with, with trusted people. And I think it was like, once I started doing that, it, it became easier to, when you say, I feel like for me, when I said it out loud and, or sometimes you say stuff that can sound like a bunch of like nothing, like you feel like you're just like word vomiting or whatever, yeah. but then your friend's like, no, I totally understand what you're saying. And then they say it in this super clear way. And you're like, 
yes. Like I've been trying to put that sentence together for weeks. So like, like, are you my therapist? (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. So I feel like, you know, we always say a bunch of stuff and then we're like, does that make sense? And then your friends Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah. And then they give this like completely clear explanation and you're like, I love you forever. It's like Um, Dory, Dory and Marlon. I'm only (laughs) bringing this up too, because you mentioned finding Nemo in the book. (laughs) I did. Dory's being like, and Marlon's like, well, this is really what it is. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, exactly. So yeah, that was definitely, um, that was definitely a coping mechanism for me. Just Mm -hmm. like, because when you feel so lonely in something like I, I I remember, I think it was one of my professors told me this where like the devil really finds people in isolation. Like he loves, Mm -hmm. he loves that. Um, and so I was like, I can't stay in this space. Like it's, Mm -hmm. he's going to, he's going to kill me like truly. And so I had to start finding people that I could talk with about this. So that was a huge thing for me. And, and let it all out. Mm. let it literally let it all out uh, plug plug uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering I, I I just because I enjoy your social media presence a lot and I enjoy um just you as a person so I'm wondering your thoughts on because it's touched on a little bit in the book but not really um just like friendships as an adult because we've talked about it even a little bit of just like navigating you know adulthood friendships because it's so weird and it's so because college is like such this bubble of like Mm -hmm. meeting people so much and then when you get out it's like okay but you're working all the time and also like are are these my work friends are they my real friends I don't know what what do you how do you feel about this oh yeah well there is a chapter later in the book um Mm -hmm. I think it is called like loneliness or something and um it really, it's so crazy. Greg and I have been living in Georgia now for over three years. We are just now starting to make some kind of community of friends. And well, granted one of those years was COVID. So that's true. We're still in COVID, but that's true. That's true. Um, but that was really challenging Mm -hmm. for us because we came from, you know, several friend groups, a huge friend group in college. Like we still keep in touch with them a lot now. And it was like this community of people where I'm like, they really know me. Like I, they know that I can be like my kind of loud, you know, funky self or whatever, but they also know that I can be quiet and Mm -hmm. like, just kind of want to sit down and chill. And they're not like, Abby, what's wrong? Cause like, they know that these two versions of myself can coexist. Yep. because they know me so well. And I think Mm -hmm. that one of the hard things about making friendships in adulthood is like, A, you always have to be on, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And, and I think like you're going through so many things in this like 10 year, you know, range that um, it can really feel hard to like muster up the courage to like try to go and meet people because you you kind of have to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And also because you're not just gonna run into them. You know, you know what I mean? Like in college, let's say mm-hmm. if you meet someone and maybe you weren't like your best self that day, like you got a really terrible grade on a test or like you got into a fight with a friend or whatever and you meet someone and maybe it didn't go that well, but you'll probably see them on campus a bunch of other times. So you have kind of more opportunities to sign, like to show your better self without Mm -hmm. necessarily going out of your way. Like you'll just kind of bump into them. Whereas now, you know, you go to 
some kind of get together, someone's having a party or whatever. And if you're not your best self, it's like, it feels like, oh my gosh, like I can't ever go back. Like it's just, it, it's sort of, it feels like you just kind of lost your shot. And, but I think yeah. a different element of it too, is like, I'm like the friends that I have, like my deep friendships, I'm like, they already know like the ugly in me. And like, they right. know the things that I'm going through. Um, and I don't really want to open that again with someone else and like with someone new. And so I think that that's why, like from the beginning, it, it there were so many surface level friendships yeah. because I'm like, I, I already talked about like my childhood trauma. I, I already, like, I, I already talked about like some of my social anxiety that I feel in situations. Like I talked about all of these things with, with friends already who know me and it felt so much easier to just like call them and like still have that friendship as opposed to putting myself out there with someone completely new. Um, so it just, it was super, super difficult and it's just not as convenient anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you go to a church and like, you don't really vibe with the people who go to the church. I'm like, where do you meet people? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally where? Yeah. I guess a bar. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like actually. Yeah. I, I, well, cause I'm in this place cause my wife's still in school. So she has school friends and then I have work friends, but you know, it's like figuring out like, yeah, where do I find this place of like, Oh yeah. Where are, where, you know, um and also too like we moved during covid so like that was uh, a hard thing but you you know we're doing the best yeah <laughs> for sure and i and i think like when you have deep rooted friendships like let, if you're going through a hard thing like this is just like an example like when when i was in college and i you know had my group of friends that really knew me um if i was going through something hard and like there was some kind of get together i would still go because they're my friends. And I'm like, ah, man, I really could just like use a night with my friends tonight. And like, I know that they're going to be there for me. And I feel like they're giving me the safe space and the freedom to like be sad if I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, so for that, it was more of like a comfort. Whereas now if I'm like really going through something and I, and for so long I was like with these like really bad job experiences and like trying to process like my childhood morals and values and like how that applies to what I feel now, where I just was like feeling so much all the time, but I'm like, I can't go to a get together with people I barely know because I, I don't know if I'm going to keep it together. And I felt small talk too, right? (laughs) Right, 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 right. And so it, I was like, no, like I, there were so many things that I, I had to, I had to say no to, because I'm like, I'm not emotionally okay right now. And I can't just break down at a party where no one knows me. Yeah. 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 And so that, that really I mean, was could, that delayed, but, like... but it's not socially acceptable. No, <laughs> it should be, but you know, <laughs> yeah. So that, that really affected my ability to make friends too, because yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't doing okay mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of it, but I didn't have that deep friendship with them where I was like, okay, if I'm not doing okay, like, it's fine because they're my friends. Like I didn't have that yet. Yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation. And one, to be honest, that really doesn't get talked about that much of like, 
oh yeah this is a time in your life post-grad like before you're in your 30s or 40s like you're really just like figuring it out and and yeah where do you meet people if you're not a christian uh, besides church like if you don't go to church like where do you meet people (laughs) like yeah yeah so it's it's an interesting evolution and i wonder you know it's a it's a thing you'll will continue to just kind of keep learning and growing from i hope yeah for sure yeah you know what's it's interesting when i heard when you posted about the book and that it that you know as of this being released it should be available for those you know whoever wants to go and buy it you should it's it's great i highly recommend it Mm -hmm. um amazon i don't know if anywhere else you can get it but (laughs) yeah just Um, just amazon just just self-published author life (laughs) (laughs) it's also coming with a self-titled album that it's called you know abby castell um, <laughs> uh i i was thinking i couldn't really help because you know i'm a musical theater lover of like hamilton of the story of hamilton when when you were um just because hamilton is this person that is like so relentless and is like oh if i'm not doing anything then i must be failing mm-hmm. and Burr in the in at least the musical version of it is this person that's like oh maybe I'll wait a little bit and like that's their whole story that's like they're so polar opposites like Burr is this person I don't know I was just like thinking about that the whole time while when you posted about the book of how like are we what you know growing in your 20s are we these people that are like I must do everything I can to succeed quote unquote succeed and you know I must be relentless and keep chasing what it is or and we're not really living or or are we these people that like sit on the sidelines and kind of watch people go past like I don't know it's just interesting to me I was thinking about that yeah yeah no like um that one tweet that I shared about in the book um, where it was like youth culture feels like if you don't succeed by 25, someone will literally come kill you. Right. Um, and it's like, that's really, that's what it felt like. And so yeah. it, it was this feeling of like, I have to be doing and trying all of the things or like, I'm a piece of trash basically yeah. like, yeah. and, but then it's like, but then when do you have the time to sit and heal mm-hmm. and like process all of these changes mm-hmm. that you're going through. And it's like, Oh, you can't because you have to keep grinding and grinding so that you can succeed. So someone doesn't kill you. <laughs> like, that's like what it felt like. Unfortunately, Hamilton get, did get killed, but you know, <laughs> sad rip spoiler <laughs> <laughs> spoiler for history. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's truly like something what I again, what I appreciate so much about the book is that it's such a conversation that isn't talked about and is is something that, you know, 20 year olds, I hope will look back and be like, Oh, this was so vital. And, and it's just like continuing the conversation, right? Of like, these things are natural, these things are healthy, but like learn from all these experiences, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I was hoping like that this book would be something not just for people like in our age that are already deep in our twenties that can read this and be like, Oh man, like I have felt that, or like, I am feeling that or whatever. I also wanted it to be something that maybe people like in high school um, or in college that I'm like, 
Hey, here's some different situations that I went through. My friends went through that I'm writing about. And maybe this is just a way for you to see like, Oh, these are, this is a possibility. Like these outcomes are a possibility. How can I prepare for that now? That's kind of what I was hoping for too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cause again, like high school doesn't really prepare you for college. College doesn't really prepare you for the real world. Like it's all these things that you think are going to prepare you. And then you're like, bam. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just faking it. Like truly. Yeah. I heard this quote once that was like, you truly know you're an adult when you realize like other adults are just like making it up as they go along. (laughs) 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 And I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Like you just have to try things. Google, like true the amount of things. If people, I sometimes I'm like, <laughs> if someone actually like took a look at my Google search history, mm. they would be like, "How was she hired for anything ever?" Um, <laughs> just um, kidding. Well, I'm a great employee. <laughs> at Jamie Ivy, uh, I wanna I wanna talk briefly because I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, the, yeah, what you're doing now, like how you're finding, um, at least from what I know, like happiness and joy in your current position and maybe like where you see your, I know you've only been at it a little bit, but like where you see yourself going to. Yeah. So my job now, um, I work for a podcaster, author, speaker named Jamie Ivy. Um, her podcast is called the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. Um, and just kind of like how that all fell into place is just like very, very orchestrated by the Lord. I had truly nothing to do with it. Um, but I love my job so much. Um, and I think it's cool now releasing this book after being in such grief over this, um, and being in a place now where, you know how they say like six months usually is when the rose colored glasses come off. Um, even if you kind of like a job, like after six months, you're like, Oh my gosh, someone kill me, please. Um, I mean, I've been here for over a year. Um, and I, I think like one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it so much is because the conversations that we have, um, the kind of content that we're putting out, it's like, it was so, and this is why I say like, this was completely orchestrated by God. Like the conversations that they were having on the podcast were, were a lot of the things that I was like, I need to process and talk about this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, so now I'm working for this company that is putting out podcast episodes about topics that I'm battling with right now. Yeah. And it was so like, like you can't plan something like that, you know? Um, And so I think that it has been a big part of my healing journey as well. Um, So with that job, I'm the content and advertising manager. Um, So I handle like all of the ads and stuff like the, you know, sponsor, whatever. Um, And (laughs) then I (laughs) literally, we do. (laughs) Um, But yeah. But, and then I write the show notes for, for the podcast and just like kind of like any written content that's with it. But, um, but I think it's just been, it's been so great. And I think like, I, I still see myself here, like for a while, um, as long as I I think like, I, I used to kind of felt, feel like I needed to have these plans of like, okay, I'm going to stay at this place for however many years. And then I'm going to work up to this. But I think like, I feel so content where I'm at right now. 
And I'm like, maybe I could just like live in this moment mm. and, and be fine with that for a while. Um, but I think like I, what I always want to do and what I want to be part of is like just storytelling and um, whether that means like just this, like people like sharing who they are, um, sharing where they come from, how that affects them now, um, how so much can change in a year or two or three. And um, the stories of like, man, all of these things that I was taught as a child, now I'm 24, 25, 26, 27. And I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) like what, you know, how do I feel about these things now? Um, which we could have a whole other two hour. Oh my gosh. This literally, no, we're not going to get, we're not going to get into it because we'll be here till like 11 PM. Um, but all that to say, like my job has been a great place of like that kind of topic where like they are addressing that kind of thing and being like, you're not crazy for like feeling this and that's okay. And that's healthy. And like, and because it's a faith-based podcast, they're like, you can still love Jesus with everything you have and struggle with these topics. It does not mean that you aren't like sold out for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, thank God, because sometimes I feel like me feeling these ways, like people are questioning like my devotion to Christ. And mm-hmm. that kind of sucks because I feel like I see so much more of who Christ is and I'm seeing him clearer than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm living in this constant state of nuance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I've, it's just crazy, but I'm, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for my, for my job with that. So yeah. I would love to keep doing something along those lines. Um, but you also just like, never know what God yeah. has in store. And yeah. as I'm saying, like things change so much. So like, just I don't know in the wave really, yeah, yeah. really. And that's why, that's why I had to end the book because I'm like every year that, cause I started writing it three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it was like, it, I'm like, this could go on forever because I could keep writing as I'm going through stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm right now I'm 26. Like Mm. what there, I could have a completely different life at 29. Again, the sequel, let it all out again. Like, (laughs) no, it was so much work. I don't want to do it again. (laughs) You know how many people are going to, I mean, this is like, how many people are going to be like, oh, this was just a quarantine project. Like, (laughs) You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't understand. Yeah. Like November, 2018, I started yeah. writing this. I had so. the document. Well, I will say, <laughs> I think she, she just had her like 400th something episode, right? Like, yeah, yeah. We're at, yeah, we're in the 400s now. Like that's crazy. This is yeah. like, I think this is 69 for me. So lucky 69 number. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, really cool to see someone that's putting out like such great content. So yeah, go follow, you know, if that, if that, if those things that Abby said is something you would be into, please go follow um, Jamie Abby's pod. I'm, I'm not ashamed to plug another podcast. <laughs> no, go for it. Really great. Really great conversations for yeah. sure. Every listener knows of the show, Abby, that at the end, I do ask two questions of every guest of the show. Uh, And the first one being, if I was able one day, I can't do it right now, unfortunately, I wish I could. But if one day I handed you a blank check and said, use this towards your passion, how would you use that? 
Oh man, I thought I thought hard about this um, because even the idea of like a passion, I'm like, what does that really mean? Because I'm like, because we can have a completely different passion like a year or two from now, and yeah. um, and I think that I really used to get super hung up on that. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't have a passion, like because it felt like it needed to be something super tangible and nailed down. Um, but I. But that's why I say, like, I think my passion is just like storytelling and there's so many different ways to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think one, one thing that I've wanted for a really long time, um, just growing up, um, just coffee is just like a huge part of like my life and like Latino culture. Um, I mean, I've been drinking coffee since literally I was an infant. <laughs> I turned out okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, Gma definitely gave me some black coffee as a baby. Um, so I think like kind of growing up and having that be such a normal part of like my household and everything. Um, for years, I've wanted to have some kind of coffee roasting company. Yeah. Um, and Pastel I would coffee? love, I mean, come on. Yeah. And actually like, because um you know, like my ethnicity is Dominican and my husband, Greg's ethnicity is Haitian. And if you know anything about Dominican Republic and Haiti, there was some beef. And I feel like our marriage is like healing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I've always wanted to like, if we were going to have some kind of blend, I would love it to be like coffee beans from Haiti and coffee beans from Dominican Republic. Um, and kind of have that be a mesh of like our, like our identities and like who we are in our marriage and so that's something that has like always been in the back of my mind. Um, and is almost, it's like always on like my five-year plan, but it's been on my five-year plan for like a long time. Um, for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I would love that. Um, but another thing, I think it would just be like some kind of brand that is centered around empathy. Um, whatever that looks like. I just, I think empathy is so important. And that also ties so much into um, emotional maturity, spiritual maturity, like that's a whole nother conversation, but, um, like, there's so much you could say about that. But I really yeah. think like, if you are a believer and you're in tune with Christ, like you will feel empathy. Like you will, you will feel what breaks the heart of God. And, um, I just think that having some kind of platform or brand that I can help like push that, like, just be like, this is something that is so important in our lives. Like it's how we can love each other better. Um, I would love something like that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. One day, one day we'll get there. One day. <laughs> I was just thinking you could call it like Delahoe's coffee and then like, you can keep your name alive. <laughs> keep my name alive. I wonder if we could do some kind of combo, maybe one of the blends I could call yeah. the Delahoe's blend. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We'll, we'll, we'll um, keep workshopping. But. <laughs> uh, and then the second question, of course, is what is something or it can be multiple things that you are loving right now? I love to end the show on a positive, fun note. Okay. Ooh, for listeners, I've got I'm some... happy, just, you know, got <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Do you know the artist Eloise? I don't. Listen to me. You need you need to. <laughs> I used to love that movie's kid, but no, it is not her. Um, Eloise is a fantastic artist from like musical artist from the UK. She has this like jazz soul R and B feel. Mm. My life has gotten significantly better 
since I have realized her existence. Like truly, I'm like, I don't know how I functioned without knowing about you before. She has two EPs. The okay. most um, recent one was, it was released in June. It's called um, Somewhere in Between. And it's still consistently every day on my recently played on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Like I never, I never stopped listening to it. So many beautiful songs, like just the kind of thing that's like, it's like perfect for like a Saturday morning over coffee and breakfast. Like, but also if you're just like doing some work and you want to play it on, like, but I also listen to it in the car and while working out. So I, I just like, <laughs> you're like play it in the car, play it while going to work, play it while I'm walking obsessed. into work. Play <laughs> like, it literally, I'm obsessed. So please no Taylor promise me you're going to oh, look no, this I up. Will. I will. Like it's, she is so talented. It's so good. I'm so, going to send you someone too. Cause I was just thinking of someone. Okay, please. McAlpin. I don't know if you know. <gasps> oh, her, okay. her EP, When the World Stops Moving. Yes, that EP. It's that EP specifically. It's, it's literally. Yeah. Okay, the song, What Are We? Yeah. I'm like, I learned that on the piano the other day because I just loved it so much. Yeah. 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 No, I Lizzie McAlpine. I've plugged that album on the show before, but it's like that. I like her first album a lot, but that album specifically, I'm like. The EP. Yeah, the EP is. It's so perfect. Yeah. It's per- yeah. it's legitimately perfect. No, it's like, actually yeah. perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that that yeah. is also. All, I think that's in my recently plays. Like today, like I'm pretty sure I played it today. So yeah, love Lizzie. That, that I mean, I'm obsessed with Olivia Rodrigo. Like Sour was like on repeat every day. Oh yeah, that was on um, repeat for a while. But when Bo Burdum's Inside came out, like I legitimately listened to it. Like, like tw- I went on a road trip to Georgia actually <laughs> um to, like listen to Bo Burnham's inside twice down and twice back like among other Bo things Burnham. but do you know Bo Burnham he's a comedian I, I, I actually recommend I like his other specials but you should start with inside because he okay. he did it during quarantine it's all filmed it's just him and he wrote directed and edited it all himself and he's wow. incredible it's incredible and it's all most of it's music like it's musical songs that he wrote that's that's also comedy um he's just so he's so good oh my gosh oh i love that i need it's some that part of things in my life okay yeah. yeah good to know good to know and then the other thing i'm loving is the sunrise crunchy vanilla cereal by nature's path i have not heard of the i'm i love cereal let me tell you, I have had a very complicated relationship with cereal since becoming an adult because I'm like, it's not really socially acceptable to just like eat cocoa pumps. No, I know, I know. At Listen, 26. Abby, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a right. complicated relationship with breakfast in general as an adult. <laughs> I'm like, like I went, I was making like breakfast burritos for a little bit. And then I was like, wait, this probably isn't the best for me. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh. No, like I actually gained five pounds just looking at sugar cereals at the aisle. Like it's like, it's well, also depressing. there's like too many options now. I'm like, I don't even know what to get. Oh, I know. But listen, this cereal, I, I saw it on a whim at Target and I was like, let me just try it. I was like, I need to find some kind of healthy cereal, like something quick. Um, this cereal is so good, Taylor. Like you need to go to your Target or Kroger and get it. It's so, it just has this like, delicious hint of vanilla but it's like a healthy cereal so like have it with some kind of like non-dairy milk maybe put a little fruit cut it up in there it's like it's one of those things where you're like i can't believe how good this is yeah like it's it's like shocking okay you need to get it 
It's oh so gosh. good. I'm so excited. I had a <laughs> I had a cereal bar at my graduate high school graduation party. Like that's how much like I had different cereals and people just ate cereal. It was amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I miss people- the, I miss the cereal culture. <laughs> Let's make cereal great again. <laughs> Like, <laughs> um we'll get that trending people uh well i love all of that i'm definitely gonna try out everything you suggested i'm gonna eat that cereal while listening to eloise like <laughs> that is such a vibe that is such a vibe i support that you have to take on, a, on a take Sunday a video morning, it sounds like like that sounds like the perfect day to- <laughs> oh my gosh yes it has to be like a slow morning for your for your first listen Yes. It just like it has to be a slow morning. Okay. Do not disrespect Eloise by being in a rush. I will never forgive you. It has to be slow morning. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I am loving a lot of things. You know, I, I always every show I'm like, I really should say I'm loving my wife, which I am loving my wife. But <laughs> there are other things. Um, <laughs> just want to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> but I uh, recently we went to a concert this weekend, and it was I just loved being back with people, and it was it was an outside amphitheater, um, so we did feel safe. I mean, we're vaccinated, so like there's all of that, and you actually had to be vaccinated Same. to get into the concert. Oh um, wow. And let me just tell you who it was, Abby. It was the Jonas Brothers. It <sighs> it fulfilled my, you know, 12-year-old boy love of I, I loved, I have no shame. I love the Jonas Brothers. Like I oh, really I absolutely no. if you think that I didn't listen to their album with Love Bug and Shelf on it, like last week, you are mistaken. No, Shelf? I legitimately was like, if they don't play Love Bug, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, okay, but low-key shelf is such a good song from that same album is (gasps) i need to listen to it oh my gosh it's a banger it's so 2008 and i love it yeah and i was one of those fans of them that when their newest out you know when um was it roller coaster or happiness begins yeah yeah when that came out when i first listened to it i was like i don't know if i like this like i was like it sounds so different than their old stuff i was like this is so different. I don't know, but I gradually listened to, kept listening to it. And I was like, okay, I do like this, but I almost yeah. like their older stuff better than their newer stuff. <laughs> like, Me too. I did love the song. I love the song strangers on happiness begins because it sounds like their old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it sounds I like, like, um, I like yeah. Coaster a lot. I think that's a great song. Yeah. That one's fun in the car with the windows down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so so anyway I'm just loving that you know of course if you're uh, being safe if you feel safe enough to go like big gatherings with a lot of people like all these it's just so you know after two years basically of not doing that it's like wow what a time like we it was just amazing and I was like so I'm loving the Jonas Brothers and concerts in general like amazing (laughs) Joe Bros fun fact about the Joe Bros actually I grew up um oh no there's a vacuum going. Um, I don't know if you can hear it, but I grew up like five minutes from the Jonas Brothers. Like I, I would pat the church that they, did you watch the documentary? Yeah. On Amazon? Oh, oh, did I watch the documentary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would drive past that like almost every day. Do you know people that like knew them or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Wow. 
it's That's just crazy. like such a random fact like when they did in the documentary they were talking about like the garden state parkway i'm like we lived the same life and now wow. i'm like i'm sitting on a seven. couch from 2001 in the year of you could have ended up with kevin i'm just saying like you could have lived the life like he could have lived the life oh kevin he gets so neglected we do care about you kevin we do hashtag we care about you kevin exactly. <laughs> yeah amazing uh well thank you so much abby for doing this it's such oh, it's so much fun thanks um, for having me of course uh, again everyone go um buy this book it will again available now like truly um it's just so so cool to see you doing this and I'm, I'm so thrilled as your friend to like see you like just I, I, succeeding yes but all you know that's not all it is it's like succeeding and being you know truly joy joy filled um so I it's it's wonderful to see oh thanks Tay <laughs> yeah. I love that um so like i said let it all out everyone get it you know amazon buy it we're gonna we're we're gonna sell like a million copies like it's gonna happen um even though like five people listen to this but you know <laughs> i'm just kidding um <laughs> so yeah and then uh of course if people want to tell people tell the people where they can follow you you know you're you're again best presence on instagram like amazing. oh my gosh that's so funny because i really just post things that are just making fun of myself <laughs> um so my instagram is at abigail d castell um, that's pretty much the only thing that I use. Um, I'm on TikTok for the purpose of scrolling through other people's TikToks. <laughs> like I don't like create content on there. I'm just like, I just want to fall asleep to funny TikTok videos. Um, but it's really, yeah. Instagram is where it's at. Um, okay. I need to get my, my like website up and running again. I used to post recipes there a lot, but, um, but I, I definitely fell off the wagon. I got to get back into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of, care, of course, you guys know the drill. Follow Passion Project, passionproject.pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun places. You guys can support the show now if you have the means to. You can do that below. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. And yeah, thank you again so much. It's been so fun. Thanks, Tay. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.